0: IVM.
1: Welcome to the Equity Sahiya podcast with Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. This podcast will delve into the investment insights and philosophies of Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company and speak about the frameworks used by them to assess various sectors for investment. Folks, welcome to the show. My guest, Shailunkar, Senior VP at Motila Loswal Asset Management Company. And today's episode is going to be about a very, very, very interesting sector, which is pharma. Uh, the way that we call the pharma sector in India is just pharma, although it covers a massive variety of uh, subsectors. And remember that this and IT were really the glory sectors back in the late 90s. They're supposed to take us into the 21st century because India has a lot of competitive advantages in both these sectors, whether it's low-cost uh, facilities, low-cost talent, and an entirely global market. We know what happened with IT. We also know what happened with pharma. The story was good, started off really well. Of course, the last few years have been tough. Shea going to walk us through the entire sector, you know, in the usual format that we've, been, that we've been following in the previous episodes. And we're going to just spend a little bit of time in the starting, explaining the sector because this is a really, really interesting and a very differentiated sector as compared to whatever we've discussed so far. We've spoken about banking, we've spoken about insurance, we've spoken about automobiles, we've spoken about cab goods. Pharma, believe me, is really different. It's going to be fun, believe me. Shrey, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here. So let's start with a definition. right? I mean, you know, pharma globally, in India, it's all good to call it pharma. Okay, but if you're someone in the US or Europe, what is pharma? There pharma is just Dubai. But what we call pharma out there is a massive sector. Let's start with defining it, probably laying down a boundary, laying down a parameter so that our listeners can understand what exactly is pharma. And I wanted you to take us as take us into how this is different from other sectors. Okay, let's start with the definition.
0: So so the definition, actually, it's better to call this a healthcare rather than a pharma. Because what happens is that there are three parts to this healthcare spend. One is what you spend in the hospitals. The second is what you spend on diagnostics, which is before going to the hospital. And the third is what you spend on the medicines, which Mm -hmm. is the pharmacy part. So there are three divisions. That happens. And typically, um, what happens is in India, we spend about six and a half lakh crore on, on the entire healthcare space, out of which almost 70% is on hospitals. And uh, where the remaining is between diagnostics and pharmacy. Six and a half lakh crores. Six and a half lakh crores. Yeah. So uh, actually, what we spend in pharmacy is on a value context is it's actually quite less although it's it's may not be a very right comparable or a right reference point, but in the interest of some humor, mm. you can actually think about it. We consume about one and a half lakh or odd crores of medicines mm. as Indians today in India. And um, we consume amounts, almost the same amount of liquor in india what seriously so uh, it's yeah so dava so and daru is Dawai actually daru in the, you know ironically in the same value uh, <laughs> share of wallet zone Man, uh, i didn't expect that yeah okay. it, it's a little ironical but uh, but typically what happens is uh, the way you have to think about healthcare spend is there are a couple of secular drivers which really works through over the longer term in the near term, there are gyrations, there are disturbances. But over the longer run, what ha- what matters is, one, globally life expectancy is going up. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors used to live for much lesser than what we are going to live. We're going to outlive them for sure. Mm-hmm. The second is, globally, the population is aging. As the life expectancy goes up, the people who are growing old, the stock of older people is actually growing. Mm-hmm. So globally, there is an estimate which people say that more than 60 years old, that population will double over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Third, In India specifically, as your income rises, your healthcare spend will rise disproportionately because what happens is healthcare is a spend which comes when there is a need. And at that moment, psychologically, when you are hit with a problem or a medical problem, your tendency is to spend up to your hilt of your affordability. You never measure that should I spend this much of my money that is in my wallet. You will actually bet your entire wallet on the problem that you are at that point of time psychologically dealing with
1: that's interesting Uh, right because you would probably down trade for a car if you don't have that much money you'll say instead of a big car i'll go for a small car or a bike or a fridge but yes you're right if i'm not well and if i'm going to a hospital i'm going to put my entire money out there and say give me the best possible healthcare that money
0: can buy you're right and and lastly what is happening is in the last 10 years actually the lifestyles have also changed quite a lot uh, specifically in india a lot of new lifestyle diseases are coming there's there are no more sedentary lifestyles however there is an offsetting fitness trend also that is sure. picking up yeah, yeah. so there are offsets but the point is our lifestyles are also changing and a different lifestyle will lead to different kind of problems that we'll have to deal with yeah. so these are the broad secular reasons why pharma healthcare uh, specifically as a spend mm. consistently globally even in the developed markets even in the developing markets even in the underdeveloped markets will continue to rise over the next 10 to 15 years
1: okay India is a very unique market. We know that, you know, because the numbers that you gave me, the six and a half lakh crore breakdown, I can see from here itself that a massive amount of that, four and a half lakh crores, goes just for hospitals. And like you said that we spend as much on medicine as we spend on alcohol. I still can't get over that. But let's get into the differentiation aspect. Okay, how is India fundamentally different in pharma healthcare diagnostics as compared to the world?
0: So when you look at it, so one one common metric that we often use is you see the overall healthcare spend as a percentage of GDP. Very broad. Very broad. Yeah. That is like the most broad macro variable you can look at. We spend about three and a half percent of our GDP. China spends almost two x of that. U.S. spends five x of that. Wow.
1: As a percentage of GDP. Yeah. So, so we are at three and a half. China is at six. China is US about 5.5 to six. Yeah. Yes. Wow
0: and US spends 17. It's funny, but (laughs) Vietnam spends more than us.
1: So, Uh, and their yeah, okay, that, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is something that strikes out. So, uh, Vietnam is clearly far less developed than India
0: at least. (laughs) And uh, they spend more than us. There are two interesting features to this Hmm. feature. So, Hmm. one is, what we spend is much less than what we spend. Hmm. Probably a function of infrastructure, a function of our income per capita threshold, Hmm. our overall prosperity levels um, mentally and wallet wise Mm. but what is also different is that in India we spend 70% of the entire healthcare spend is on hospitals whereas globally it's almost inverted Uh, you don't spend as much you spend almost half of
1: that amount in hospitals that's off that is just totally weird right because that's like saying that when we get sick we just land up in the hospital directly we don't even think about medicines or diagnostic first and then we just just go to the hospital straight away yes hospitals aren't cheap Yes,
0: hospitals okay. aren't cheap, yeah. and more importantly, what what makes hospital doesn't cheap is for a country like us, uh, we have a one thirty crore population. Yeah. The largest hospital chain in India is less than ten thousand beds. Huh. So That's it. Yeah. So the okay. the the scale disproportion. Yeah, so yeah. your demand outstrips supply, yeah, yeah, and yeah. as a result, your healthcare cost. Uh, the hospital cost outstrips Uh. in the overall um, healthcare spend. I
1: think you're Uh, going to lead up to the fact that the government itself hasn't invested
0: that much in healthcare. Would that be a a logical... It could be also that it could be uh, some structural policy oriented reasons. Also, it could be some motivation, lacking of motivation from the private sector to go and put, it could be real estate barrier because hospitals are very capital intensive. You need a real estate and you need accessible real estate. Uh, You can't have a real estate, which is three hours away from the city uh, to set up a hospital, which is of world class. Many times because uh, our urbanization has just started, Hmm. uh, real estate is very scarce. Correct. Correct. also, yeah. so there will be many structural reasons also, yeah. along with policy reasons. The third part, which differentiates us, is the funding part of it. So, whatever little we spend, who funds it? So, globally, what happens is governments support the citizens of their country much more than what we get supported in India, hmm. because our social security architecture is just uh, a, a lot behind other countries. Sure. So, in India, government supports typically one third of the spend, hmm. but in China. Almost two-third of the spend is supported by the government. Wow. Even in China, even in US, yeah. half of it. Yeah. Again, in Vietnam, again... Uh, more than half of it is supported by the government. Wow. But in India, only one-third gets supported by the government. So and when what you
1: say government support, it could be that they have universal healthcare or they could be, you know, funding. Uh, they could be... So, when you visit the hospital, it's free of cost. So, all, in some form or manner on those lines, right? Absolutely. Okay.
0: And uh, you all look at it this way, the other way around. That today, if 70% of our healthcare spend is spending on hospitals, 60% of the hospital spend, we spend on out of our own pocket. Wow. Neither the insurance company pays for it. Oh, we spoke about
1: that. We spoke about in the, in the insurance... Episode where you said that mediclaim and all that is really underpenetrated.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. either we have not taken adequate health insurance. That is why we have to pay from our own pocket. Yeah. Or the government is also not stepped in to done its complete. Uh, full duty hmm. to, to support the Indians in the paucity of health insurance. Hmm. So logically, health insurance and government support are supplementary. Okay. Uh, so you have to have adequate health insurance so that this 60% uh, out of pocket actually goes down. So in US, for, arg- for argument's sake, say, uh, we spend 70% of our spend in hospitals hmm. in US, they spend one third of their are on hospitals, wow. and on top of it, even what so whatever little they spend on hospitals, only ten percent or twelve percent of that is spent on out of their own pocket. Wow! The remaining eighty-eight percent, somebody else is bearing on their behalf, either wow. it's the insurance companies or it's the government. So that's the kind of uh, you know vastly varying proportions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh We India is, and that works yeah, makes yeah, yeah. India very different. Yeah, and so just to summarize this, what happens is that bottom line is we spend far less than what we should and whatever little we spend, we spend a lot out of our own pocket and out Mm -hmm. of our own savings.
1: Right. There are so many cases we've heard about medical expenses breaking a house completely. You know, you just, a family needs to spend so much if there is a serious illness in the house. So, Now let's get to the corporate side of it, to the company side of it, to the sector side of it in terms of how the sector has evolved over the last 20-25 years. I remember back in the 90s, this was a hot sector. This was a really hot sector, whether it was the domestic market, whether whether it was the overseas market. But I'm sure that, you know, this entire time period can also be broken into a few halves. Let's just take one step back and look at the evolution of the sector.
0: Now, for the interest of the discussion,
1: although the overall spend is a lot more
0: on hospitals, uh, but we will talk a lot more about the pharmacy piece, the medicine piece. Right. Because that is where the largest amount of market cap is listed. Yeah. So when you talk about evolution of the pharmacy piece, think of it this way. So over 20-25 years ago, MNCs used to have a 80% market share. Because they were the only ones who had medicines which were researched in their home locations maybe US Europe Japan and then they used to come to india and then they used to supply those medicines to us mm. for healthcare mm. however there was an inflection point sometime in 2000 mm-hmm. when the government recognized process patent versus product patent right uh, when the when this shift happened what uh, given how high on engineering talent we were mm-hmm. and r&d talent we were we were very good at reverse engineering the same product <laughs> yeah. and found, find a cheaper solution and a cheaper outcome. Right. So a brand was cannibalized because somebody could create the same medicine using a different process.
1: Yeah, it's like saying that if I have a brand, if an MNC has a brand called ABC, an Indian guy could put out the same thing and call it ABC point one. Yeah, with a different process of manufacturing. Obviously, with a different process, not the same
0: process. Not the same process. Yes. So because of which, what happened is that. Indians made uh, healthcare very affordable also and it became uh, very generic also in a way and we became high on uh, reverse engineering. Okay. Our, our skill set was reverse engineering at that point of time. Okay. Also at that point of time, we were a lot more aggressive in our marketing practices hmm. versus the MNCs. These two things led to a rise in our market share, Indian companies' market share versus the MNCs. Sure. And so much so that today, MNC's market share has come down from 80% to 20%. Right.
1: Okay.
0: And Indian market share is 80%. Okay. The other thing what happened is, because Indian market was doing so well, they used these cash flows mm. to explore out of India and go to the rest of the world and the US market. Mm. Because sometime around the same time, what happened in, in, in mid-2000s or early 2000s, there was a huge uh, patented products which were going off-patent in US, which led to... The same reverse engineering skill to be tested for a different market.
1: That's like saying that if a certain, if a certain drug had a patent validity of ten years or fifteen years, around about two thousand was when a lot of these what we call blockbuster drugs went off patent, off patent, and that gave an opportunity for us to actually make the same thing. Absolutely. So that time around about 100 to
0: 125 billion dollars worth of drugs which are going off patent which were an opportunity for the Indian companies and plus by this time Indian companies were cash rich so they can invest in R&D create a reverse engineering process uh, and go to the U.S. market mm. and create a generic market out of there. Mm. And this strategy worked wonders. So just to give you a context, uh, sometime in 2000, we used to spend less than 2% of our sales. Of our such a low base of sales, we used to spend only 2%. Right. Today, we spend anywhere between 7 to 15% of sales wow. in R&D. The Indian
1: pharma companies.
0: The Indian pharma companies. So wow. the largest pharma company used to spend uh, in 2004, not long ago, mm. in 2004, uh, which is 15 years ago, used to spend about 20 crore in R&D. Today, it spends 2600 crore in R&D. Wow. So that is the amount of, you know, metamorphosis the Indian companies have gone through. Sure. Where uh, from a manufacturing, you become more R&D oriented. Hmm. And so much so, because we were so good at what we do hmm. in reverse engineering, so much so that today we have a 40% volume market share in US.
1: The Indian players. The Indian players 40% have volume. a forty wow.
0: percent, uh, thirty-five to forty percent volume market share in US. Oh,
1: that's a crazy stat.
0: All these things coming together, what happened is that we used our single skill set because we were very good at manufacturing. We were very good at R&D, mm. and the cost of doing both were also lower in India versus US yes. and the world. So as a result, we capitalized it very well to become a global scale supplier to the pharmacy sure. and when we, whenever we talk about scale China always comes up but right. the good part in pharma is because the quality standards are so high China never featured as a credible competition to India wow. and that is why India is the new China for the pharma market
1: we'll just take a small break out here we spoken about the evolution of the sector definition of the sector on the other side of this break we're going to be talking about where the sector stands today what the future looks like and how to choose a good stock in the sector don't go anywhere Hey, this is Shiladitya, And I'm Amit Doshi. And we host Shunya One. It's a really fun podcast where we talk to some of the best entrepreneurs in the country. Yes, talking about everything from their startup challenges to what they're building and all the future of technology right here. So catch us on the IVM podcast website, app, or wherever you listen to your podcast from. Welcome back to the Equities Year podcast. We're talking about the pharma sector today. So Shre- a lot of what you said reminded me of the Indian IT sector. Same story, right? Again, we've had low-cost talent out here. We've been able to serve the uh, the US and the world on creating, you know, code and servicing the entire opportunity. The IT sector has evolved a lot. You know, TCS now is what I've heard that it's in the top three or top five market cap stocks in the world in IT. Pharma started off really well. The recent past hasn't been really that good. If we just go into where the sector stands today. I believe you have a nice breakup of how to look at the current status of the sector.
0: Yeah. So uh, before we get into this discussion, um, uh, one point I wanted to make, which is, uh, which we need to understand when we discuss a pharma, Indian pharma company versus say an Indian manufacturing company. I need to draw Hmm. the distinction out because in any other manufacturing company, your capacity of growth is reflected on your balance sheet in the sense you put up a factory that means you are putting up a fixed asset which goes on your balance sheet so your capacity building or your growth outlook is dependent on your balance sheet mm. not so much on your pnl mm. pnl is a result of the balance sheet correct in pharma however what happens is because r&d is a very key critical growth component mm. but the way the accounting works is all of the r&d or a large share of the r&d actually gets accounted in the revenue or a pnl wow. account so how it works typically is that you spend an r&d on a product today and your product your r&d will take 3 4 years before the product comes out wow. so your revenues from the same r&d comes with a big bit of a lag right. but your expenses hit Today, your right. PNL is hit today, but the revenues will come in future. It's a, so. It's like a investment for growth, but it's using a PNL versus a balance sheet. Sure. So this is a you know uh, from an understanding perspective, we need to appreciate this part. Okay. Now, having said this, let's come to the part where we are today. Uh, so if you look at the last ten years just to make it simple, what we did is we just took the top five companies by market cap. Mm. And we saw their journey as an aggregate, Mm. as a sample that what have they achieved over the last 10 years. Now, if you look at the last 10 years, it's actually a phenomenal story. In the last 10 years, their revenues have grown at 15% Mm. CAGR. And as a result, the market cap has grown at 18% CAGR. Sounds good. Which is very, very remarkable. However, now starts the Ugly part. Mm. If you cut the story of ten years into two blocks, mm. the first block of six years and the last block of last four years, mm. the story is absolutely bipolar. Right. The first block of six years, you saw a revenue cagger of twenty-three wow. percent, and a market cap cagger of almost double of that, which is around forty-four percent. Sure. However, in the last block of four years, mm. in the recent four years, the revenue cagger has only been five percent.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: Hardly anything. Hardly anything. Yeah. And as a result, the market cap cagger is negative 11%, which means the actual absolute market caps are half of what it was four years ago. Wow. So that is actually that is a level of wealth destruction that has happened. The actual wealth destruction that has happened in the last four years. But however, uh, this is the part where long term investing comes in. Sure. The moment you think 10 years, your 10 years data still looks that you made 18% 18% CAGR. Yeah, yeah. But in the first 6 years, you made 42% CAGR. In the last 4 years, you made a negative 11% CAGR. And yeah. as a result, the overall 10-year investment return still stacks up very healthy. Yeah. But this is how the nature of this industry is. Yeah. Just to go into the reasons now.
1: Yes, I mean, that's 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 logically the, the next question, right? Because you've got such an important sector, which is also secular in growth because this is not a cyclical sector like a, like a cap goods, like, you know, which moves in economic cycles. People don't fall sick in economic in cycles, if, you know, it's a process. So what went wrong the last four years? So actually, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. <laughs> okay.
0: So when you look at it, there are three parts of the business. If you look at the, again, I'll restrict my discussion to these top five companies. If you look at all the top five companies, typically, the revenue mix is 20-25% uh, comes from the India business, 30-35% hmm. comes from the US business, sure. and above the balance, 40% or comes from the rest of the world business at the, so level, at the revenue level at the revenue level so today we our domestic revenues are lower than our we are a far bigger export sure. exporter to the world yeah. rather than a consumer despite of having a, such a large population yeah. so to after having said that contest right now i'll go through all the three divisions what happened in the india business then the us and then the rest of the rest world rest of the world yeah so in the India business, as you know, in the last four years, we've had a lot of disturbances which have disrupted a lot of other businesses, including pharma, pharma. like a demon demonetization affected this GST transition affected pharmacy in a very big way. Yep. Plus, at the same time, you started seeing a lot of trade generics coming in e-pharmacy coming in and a lot of price controls by the government and FDC ban that came in. Hmm. All these things came just in a block of four to five years. Sure. And which was a result why the domestic growth rate, which was growing very healthy, uh, upwards of uh, 15%, has come down suddenly to a five, six percent. So
1: there's nothing wrong with the companies per se, in their business model per se. These are external factors that have disrupted other industries to some extent, like Demon and GST, and then there are sector-specific factors that have affected all the companies. Absolutely. A- am I right in... Absolutely. Okay. And and these, are, these continue to still gain market
0: share, and they will continue to gain market share even over the next 10 years. Sure. So, uh, then coming to the US business. In US business also, there were a lot of structural changes that happened on the marketplace. A couple of things happened. One was earlier, there was a lot of buyer concentration that happened. So, earlier, if, say, 20-30 people were buying the same pharmacy, hmm. uh, same medicines from, say, XYZ pharma company in India. Hmm. Today, there are only three buyers which buys because there was, has been a lot of consolidation, a lot of MA that happened in US because of which there, was, there are only three buyers today and because of which the bargaining power of theirs have gone up versus it, us.
1: It, it will obviously right? because you're saying that 10 years ago, there might have been 10 pharma companies. Today, there are only three. Correct. That's because of MA that happened on their side. On their and side. And when you have such a strong set of buyers, just few in number, their bargaining power is bound to go up. So what they brought from us at 100 maybe you know 10 years ago today they're going to buy it from us at what 90 80 Absolutely. or something and and actually if you want to put it in degrees
0: yeah. over the last four five years approximately we would have seen a 10 to 15 percent or maybe over that also hmm. price erosion wow because of this bargaining that's a big revenue driver that's a massive revenue driver and this is price yeah, yeah. so your volumes have continued to grow up yeah. But your pricing has actually gone down by 10 to 15%, and which is why the US revenues have only grown at 2
1: to 3%. Wow. The volume growth has been good. Still. The volume
0: growth has still been very good. Amazing. But it was a it was a phase yeah. when your bargaining powers changed. Yeah. But now it's all in the base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you are not anymore talking about, uh, you know, prices eroding by 15, 16%. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now we are again coming out of that trough. And then let's get into the, you know, the real hairy issue, which we read so much about in the papers. We've been seeing the headlines. What exactly happened with the FDA? So uh, what happened is that uh, FDA increased their quality
0: standards and they became more efficient. The US FDA just to specify
1: F- to listeners yeah. The US FDA.
0: So uh, every facility that supplies any medicine to US has to be US FDA approved. Mm. So earlier the quality standard was at a level which now got very very high. Yeah. And when these FDA inspectors came to India they found the facilities didn't conform to the new standard or the new norms. Sure. And as a result many factories were shut down. So which also hit A lot of companies. But now all these issues are behind us. Mm. We've come out actually very, very nicely out of these issues. Uh, But what one thing that we need to understand is that if you look at the in the last four years, none of these pharma companies really held back any investments.
1: That's interesting.
0: And I think that is what is very, very key to note. In the last four years, although revenues are almost flat, Mm. and market caps are halved, Mm. still these companies and this as businessmen's, they have continued to invest in the the gross blocks have gone up over two and a half times. Wow! Their R and D has gone up three x. Okay. So actually, the capacity building, uh, the investment phase have continued at a incredible pace wow. in the last four years, despite of uh, such uh, such such squeeze on margins and such squeeze on R O C S. Hmm. And that is what I believe that you know as a businessman, either a businessman if he doesn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, they'll stop doing these investments.
1: Yeah.
0: Or there is a light in the tu- end of the tunnel, which will which come will, through. Which will come through yeah, at some point.
1: Yeah. In numbers, you're saying that the gross, you know, that the gross block has actually grown at two and a half times. R&D has grown at three times over the past four years, despite the revenues going by what 1.2x. That's it. Absolutely. Okay. So, chef, we've covered the definition, evolution, where things stands today. Let's get into the last two parts of the podcast, which is what lies ahead, and how do you choose a great pharma company to invest in for the long term? Because you know that's something that we'll get into at that point. So
0: one thing is that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Indian companies are now going up the value chain. They're going up the complexity curve, which results into R&D turning around into revenues has a longer gestation. If earlier the R&D used to turn around in two to three years, now the R&D takes four to five years to turn around. Hmm. And we are into the transition phase and which is what is a result of the last four years. In the last four years, these companies continue to invest because they know this, there is an outcome to this, despite of such revenue pressures. So today, we are very confident in believing that we are at a cyclical trough in terms of earnings, in terms of profitability, in terms of ROCs. Mm. And we've already seen some revival in, in, in last year coming through that. And we'll see more revival as we go into the future. Second is the next 10 years will definitely be far better than the last four years. okay? Because as I discussed, most of the things that hit us mm. were, were were episodic, and were transitionary hmm. uh, now most of it we won't have a demonetization again we sure. won't have a GST transition again right. most of these things are one time the buyer consolidation happened once now there's a new normal there's an equilibrium that, has, that the market will find at some point right. there will be that base which will form yeah. so in terms of trade and everything will settle once and for all hmm. and from that base onwards uh, you know you will start seeing volume growth reflecting in your revenue growth. Correct. And volume growth has 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 to continue. It's not uh, like people uh,
1: will stop falling ill for sure. That the secular growth story is not
0: hasn't changed and won't change. Absolutely. Sure. So, okay. so in our assessment, uh over the next ten years, our growth rate will be at least two to two and a half or three times of the last four years. Uh there will be a strong mean reversion to this sector. Sure. Uh, and more importantly and the more interesting feature will be that there'll be a very High earning, higher earnings growth than the revenue growth because there is so much of investments that have gone in sure. uh, which will start resulting efforts. Mm. So you will see operating leverage and financial leverage both coming to the fore. Mm. And as a result, your earning growth and free cash flow generation mm. will actually be far super normal over the next 10 years than what you've seen over the last four years. Okay. This is a secular industry which goes through you know, pit stops yeah. of regulatory reform. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have to mentally be prepared that even in the next ten years,
1: there will be some. Uh,
0: there will be bumps
1: along the side. Some googly will come in out there. Someone will throw some kind of thing, or which will be a hurdle. But the long-term story is intact. It, you know, in terms of the weight of the sector in the index, that's one perspective, one way of gauging as to how big or small the sector is compared to the overall index. In India, for example, banks are now fairly high in terms of their weightage to the Nifty or to the Sensex, whatever it is some flavor on the pharma sector so pharma is because
0: it has had a such a tough pass as i told you the market caps have halved over the next four the last four years as a result what happened is very underrepresented in the index today mm. uh, almost two and a half three percent of are nifty that's it that's it which is represented in the name of pharma right. and uh, when you look globally this number ranges so in S and P. Uh, all these headline indices, uh, major indices, you will see pharma accounts for almost 10 to 15% of their indices. Wow. However, one thing we need to understand is that, one, they are a lot high on innovation. Mm. They're a lot high on medical devices. Mm. They're a lot high on a lot of advanced science. Sure. So it's not strictly a comparable, right. but still the under-representation is, is very much there and is very much amplified, yeah. uh, given the given the phase that we are coming out of. yeah. yeah. The last four phases have been just so
1: uh, so dark. And also the fact that India's pharma sector, like you had said at the beginning, is just dawai. It's just medicine, right? You don't even have represent- meaningful representation from stuff like hospitals. Meaningful representation from stuff like diagnostics. There are just what? A few listed players? Yeah, just Hardly three. of any size? Yeah. yeah. Okay, last part of the show, uh, Shrey, which is the real call to action, the real takeaway for the for the listeners. How do they choose a good stock in the pharma sector, in India? What are the two, three things that they should look out for? And also a note to the listeners that this is for the long term. For the entire pharma sector, what, minimum 10 year at least? Absolutely. You should have a holding period of at least that much. You've emphasized the point on R&D. So if the entrepreneur is setting up facilities for us looking at the long term, as an investor, that's what it's going to take. Absolutely sure, go ahead. So one thing that, uh, you know, we need to bear in mind is each
0: company is very different because pharma is such a diverse field and there are so many sub verticals and sub therapies and sub focus areas hmm. that uh, each pharma company is very difficult. Uh, very different and very difficult, uh, you know, in 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 the journey, and okay. and the cycles are different yeah. for each company. Uh, just but, however, when you very broad frameworks that what we can use hmm. is one: we are a supplier to the world okay. now. Okay. As a result, what matters is a scale, an execution, an ability to execute. Yeah. We should be seen as a trusted supplier of high quality trusted supplier, then we will become, uh, we, you know, our position will get uh, amplified. Sure. Second is, you need to see who has a long term vision. Because as I said, most of these R&Ds have a long gestation. Hmm. So today, there needs to be a businessman who is willing to take that call hmm. that I will put money up front to reap benefits after many uh, couple of years. And the third is, because we are becoming a manufacturing hub to the world, we are the China of the pharma industry if we are that then we should have a cost mode yeah and we should do everything to ensure that this cost mode is flexed in such a way that our dominance or our competitive positioning in the world landscape mm. continues to uh you know stay
1: high okay so just to recall that scale r&d capacity and capability and of course the cost mode that folks is a wrap on this episode of the Equity i podcast brought to you by Motilal Oswal asset management company my guest Shre Lunkar, senior VP at Motilal Loswell asset management company we were talking about the farmer sector hope this was useful to you She thank you so much for doing this for us Thank you
0: filter coffee is a fascinating beverage you need to pick the right beans. Blend them in the right proportion, roast them to perfection and slow brew at the right temperature to get the perfect cup. Which is exactly like great conversations as well. You need to track down the most interesting minds, get them into their zone and settle down for an unhurried, unscripted chat. And coffee for me is always, always, always best enjoyed with friends. I'm Karthik Nagarajan and do share my table as I meet some of the most interesting people I know and sit them down for a strong cup of coffee and an even stronger conversation. Join me every Wednesday for a freshly brewed episode. This is not frappe. This is the Filter Coffee Podcast. Hi, I'm Vishal Gondal, an entrepreneur. I've had the chance to meet and understand how some of the super achievers have hacked their way to success and they have done spectacular
1: innovations. Now I take a closer look at these people's lives to find out what lies beneath the force only on the Vishal Gondal Show. Episodes out fortnightly on Wednesdays on the IVM website, app,
0: or your favorite podcasting platform.